This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Well, I'd see something that happened throughout the course of the week, but then it was then everybody said I was being angry, and I didn't want to be angry, so I was trying to be happy. Who to said finish, that? I mean, the one guy in the room that tells me every day, you're so angry, you're so angry. I'm like, I don't think I'm that angry, but okay. You're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Keith White. Welcome to another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. I'm first name. We thought we'd switch it up a little bit this week and have me introduce the show, but I'm sitting here with Regan Smith, coming off another top five, and uh, Heath White. That was pretty good. How are y'all? That was pretty good. We're it good. wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Now, we're judging list- him. What listeners we do have just turned off because they're like, oh, first name's right. <laughs> oh, it's, the just show. For, it's just first name today. Yeah. So, so we'll instantly there goes our clicks. But yeah. Yeah, hopefully they at least clicked and, and got it started. I think That's we, all we want them to do. I think we get numbers once. for that one click, right? Yeah. All there we want them to do is click once and then we're, we got it. Yeah, you don't have to listen. You just have to download it. Yeah. Right? That's how we judge these things. There we go. There we go. Well, I mean, we haven't talked about Regan's top five. Yeah. He said, "Well, we haven't done the show yet. That's probably why we haven't talked about <laughs> it." Well, I know, but what people don't get is we usually come in here. We usually talk a little bit before the show starts. We figure out what yeah. we're going to talk about, but we haven't even touched on that in our pre-conversation. There was no pre-conversation. Heath, Heath was big time, and us came down here yeah. late today, yeah. and uh, you know, we did a brief conversation about curse words. That's about all we got to. Yeah, I was sending out the previews. That was actually work. Well, I yeah. mean, trying to make are you f- do your fingers hurt or are they okay? No, they're okay. <laughs> it's, it's more of a question of getting the internet to work around here. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, you know, didn't didn't look like it was going to be for us, and and uh, fortunate that uh, that we were managed that we managed to salvage something there. It uh, you know the way the race started off was was really difficult, and Jason and and all the guys did a, did a nice job working on the car and, and staying after it all day to get it back to where we needed it to be and uh you know i know that the the five car um definitely 88 yep definitely you know appeared to have some pretty good speed there for for quite a while i didn't get to watch most of his race only because i was driving kind of busy (laughs) battling but uh but looked like they were pretty good yeah the nine car restarts holy cow i mean chase was on fire on restarts I, i know on that original restart or original start of the race he went to the outside and he came around me at one point, and I'm like, wow, well, that was, uh, that was a pretty ballsy move to go up there that early, but mm-hmm. it definitely paid off. And, it and I think we saw later in the race more guys started doing it, so that lane wasn't available as, as everybody started trying it and, and playing with it. But, uh, you know, from, from our perspective, I was, I was really happy about the fight. Uh, the race kind of shadowed our, our spring race there, or our May race, mm-hmm. in the sense that the car, you know, we had the same handling characteristics. We fought similar stuff. Um, and, you know, it seemed like we got it right at the same point in the race, and, and a good pit stop at the end allowed us to have a good restart. And, uh, you know, what looked like a day that we were going to lose five or ten points, we gained two. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Anytime yeah. you're gaining, that's good. Uh, naturally, we want to be gaining more than two points right now, and, and, you know, with them finishing seventh, it's a little frustrating because you can see opportunity to have picked up a few more points if you could get up there and battle for the lead. But uh, with that said, the, the 54, the, the 33, there's a couple guys that were – um, kind of in their own zip code, the same guys that were in the in the May race as well, and uh, we just you know didn't quite have have as much to get up there. But uh, you know a season is about battling, and and there's still four races to go. Still a lot of stuff can happen between yeah. here and Homestead, and uh, one mistake, and all of a sudden three cars are going to be in the in the mix that aren't currently um, on that 60 teams part. The scary part for me is that they appear to be sitting on the lead. 
And when I say sitting on the lead, they're just doing what they have to do to get by. They're not out there trying to, you know, swing for the fences. They're not mm -hmm. trying to win races. They're just doing what they have to do to conservative manage. Conservative approach. And it's very conservative, which is tough in our series because you can take a conservative approach and finish 11th, 12th every week easily. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if all things go right and uh, or, or even if all things go wrong, you can still get back to an 11th or 12th place finish. So um, that's the that's going to be the challenge for, you know, for the nine car, for myself and the three car is if they're taking that conservative approach, how do you how do you clip how a do you big chunk that, out of yeah. it? And the only way you can do that is to win. You know, I think if any one of the uh, the three cars um, that's trying to catch the 60 goes out and wins the next four races, the ball's in their court, they're going to win the championship. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that seems to be the easiest path to do that. And, and at this stage of the season, there's going to be a lot of cup guys in the remaining races. True. And, and it, you know, it can work two ways. It can take points away from them, but it, uh, it can also make it more difficult to win, too. So, uh We'll have to, you know, have to battle hard here for for the next few weeks. And I mean, it's not the most exciting thing to, you know, as a sixty car, is, as you said, just kind of going through the motions. But I mean, it's it's the smart thing to do. They've got the lead. They've got to try to hang on to it. If if you think for one second that anybody else wouldn't, wouldn't be do doing it. the same thing yeah. in that situation, you're kidding yourself. Because it, you know, it, it's a it's a case where when you get that that lead at this stage of the season, that's really your only play. You yeah. can't be aggressive. You. If you put yourself in a spot where you think you're going to get wrecked, you usually try to bail out of it pretty quick and, and get out of it. And uh, I think we noticed that a few times with him on Saturday night mm -hmm. that maybe he was in some spots that looked like they could be a little bit tighter or maybe get him in a pinch. And, you know, he'd pull the chute and let Fly the car go, by, yeah. go backwards for a little bit if he had to and then get back after it again. Big picture, I guess that's what they call that, right, first name? Yeah, big, big picture. picture. Big yeah. picture play. But we've got a big picture too because, I mean, I mean we're getting – we've got Kansas this week. And we go two weeks off, and we've got the final three. So, I mean, you got four races left to for this thing to shake out. Yeah, and, and that's why I said, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of racing mm -hmm. left to happen. And, and Kansas is one of those places where if you have even a minor problem, it, it turns into a major problem because of the, the how fast that place is, the mm -hmm. aerodynamics, and, and how things play into effect there. We saw with us last year, qualifying, we go out, fought a loose car all weekend, lose it in qualifying, and... You know, were we still in the battle at that point? Well, you can make an argument one way or the other. I think had we come out of there and gained five or six points, then, uh, then yeah, absolutely, we were probably going to be, you know, 15 points out, and, and yeah. it's a race. And instead, you you have a mistake. You, f you lose 15 points, and you're done. So any one of these next three races um, for any one of the, the competitors can be the nail in the coffin, yeah. or it can be the one that gets them back into it. It's very exciting. It's kind of like is. we have – we don't have a chase, but this is – close to a chase is we're going to get. Yeah, well, if the points were a little closer, it would be really close to a chase. Uh, but, I mean, that's all you can ask for when you get down to it, these last few races, to have several cars, or, you know, three, four cars that, that could potentially win, as opposed yeah, to and, just and a blowout. You know, the, the other part you got to look at is, is Homestead, for example. It, it seems like Homestead is it always turns into a wild card when you go down there. And, you know, the nine car had it sewed up last year, but he yeah. goes out in Homestead and has a terrible race. Has his worst race of the year. Finished like 17th Gets or into a wreck. Yeah. Has all kinds of problems throughout the course of the day, so um, and I think we've seen that the past couple of years that whoever the points leader is there really, you know, for, for whatever reason, they seem to struggle more so than, than they normally do. So uh, maybe they're overthinking it. Well, I'm sure that's there's a certain element to that. I'm sure there's a certain element that you say, OK, we only have to finish 16th or we only have to finish 25th. Let's just make sure we do that. Yeah. Um, but but again, if you go into Homestead and you're, you know, even if you're 30 points out, that 60 car blows a motor on the first lap and all of a sudden. Your mindset has to change from okay, we're you know we're not really in this to we can win this now. Yeah. And so you know the challenge part as a team is you got to go down there with the with the mindset before you get there of win the race, do everything, and see what happens. 
Um, and again, we got three races before you got to take take that mindset, but uh, the, that's why you have to continue on pushing as hard as you possibly can. And from a team's point, it's a team standpoint, it's great to have two cars in contention again. You know, yeah, with the eighty-eight and the, or I'm sorry, the seven and the nine. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, eighty-eight. I don't know that they're necessarily in contention because they've had the same driver all year. He right. Thank you, Regan. As the guy yeah. writing the report, you should probably know that. Hey, you know what? I, you got a number wrong earlier, and I didn't bust yeah. your bone. <laughs> How about it first? It was a missed opportunity for you. <laughs> I'll mark that down. As we did have as a Regan being mean to Heath. That's there's first one. There's one. Day. <laughs> there's one. We did have, and and you know, I I think that we have to credit the top five this weekend to the first name sighting at the racetrack. He was and at the track. The first name did make a point, as he always does, to run into me at least once. So yeah. I, I know he was there. <laughs> I ran into Regan like three different times. Yep. So so we knew yeah. that he was there. We knew he was, uh, you know, doing his part to be a good team member. And yeah. and uh, he gave me a fist bump before driver injuries. I think that top five came from that. It that's was right there. Yeah. That so must have been what it was. We might have to bring him every week if that's the case. We know <laughs> you drivers are superstitious. So if that's <laughs> working for you, I mean, top fives are great, but but wins are a lot better. It didn't it didn't result in a win, so I think well, he's yeah, off I'm the hook. Bad. What did you do prior? to Dover I don't know and how I does it match mid Ohio you know, here's what's funny about Dover so I've said for the longest time like since Martinsville over this year when I had to go up and hop in the 42 car yeah. day of the race <laughs> nothing just cold turkey hop in it go and run the race and go home you know nothing else no other parts of it, no practice no qualifying and you did well that day we had yeah we had a good run that day but I left that race and I said to my dad I'm like man that's kind of fun actually I kind of enjoy that just like you don't have the all of? the other stuff you go up the day of you you knock the race out and and you go home. Bada bing, bada boom. No practice. Like, that's my style right there. <laughs> so fast forward to Dover. No Same. practice, no nothing. That's true. You know, and and the schedule got kind of hectic because we didn't know. Okay, is it going to start? Isn't it going to start? Driver yeah. intros got postponed. Then all of a sudden we had to run to the cars because they they were firing them up on time. And you know we no had drivers. Just, we left yeah. the drivers meet and then they told us go back to your haulers. We'll tell you what's going to you know what's going on. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the little hustle to to get there. So. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the secret. We we have joked about, and as we joked with Alan last week, about mm -hmm. just leaving the car in the jack stands and, you know, waiting to go out and race. I don't, I don't know if that uh, would be a smart thing, but. Do you have any superstitions? Actually, you know, I've had a lot of superstitions, yeah. and I'll be honest, I've, I've tried to get over most of them because it, just at the end of the day, head. yeah, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if you don't do this right, oh, it's going to be a bad day, or you don't do this right, oh, oh here's, this is going to happen. If I don't, you know, if I don't do this at the exact same time or something like that and so that's what you know you hear oh drivers have all these superstitions this that and the other yeah i'm sure everybody's got their mm -hmm. couple little quirks but you try to it, a superstition is not going to make that race car go faster it's not going to put you up front you know it is what it is it's all in your head first day it is you've got to be mentally it is. strong I mean, you can yeah. you can really screw yourself up in the mind if you if all, you want to all sports are a mental game yeah, Absolutely. it doesn't matter yeah. if you're turning a you wheel or dribbling a basketball. Yeah, you can get in your head so badly and just ruin your whole. Well, day. And you see it with athletes all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, some of the greatest athletes in the in the, on the planet can go from being the greatest to looking human, and then all of a sudden get it back. And and you know, it is what it is. Well, while we're talking about, I want to stay on Charlotte here just for a second since we're still on Charlotte. We saw a couple things happen. First, in the expansion, I'm guessing race, we don't have a guest this week. We don't. You are again. You dropped the ball. Well. We're, we're winding down. We're speaking of athletes, and, and Heath dropped the ball on this one. What do you mean I dropped the ball? <laughs> Man, oh. you were in the end zone. All you had to do was just catch it, and you dropped it. Well, I'm trying to, as we're speaking here, I'm trying to bring up a clip for you since we're going to talk about Charlotte. Uh, but we saw an incident with Casey and, and Kyle Busch in our Xfinity race. Casey in the 88 car jumped out to an early lead. Um, and then <laughs> I want to ask Regan Smith, since we have an actual driver here, 
what what is the protocol what what's the etiquette here at what point do you say hey you know i've had casey and, and kyle have had their issues in the past um so at what point do you stand up for yourself and do something about it or does it depend well, on the situation? Is it purely situational? Yeah, I think it's situational a lot of times. I mean, I, and I can't speak to what happened on on Friday night. Okay. Purely because I have yet to see the Casey incident. Um, Casey I, you know, claims I, that uh, Kyle was door slamming him on the front stretch and the back stretch because Kyle was being frustrated, frustrated with the way he was running. The fact that his teammate had just taken the lead, um, so he started taking it out on Casey, and Casey had just Casey said he overdrove the corner. Overdrive, yeah, that's yeah, that's always a good one to go. So with. yeah, I overdrove the corner, <laughs> but knowing that, uh, I mean, it's just. I gotta talk to Casey. If he could have just overdrove the corner into the sixty <laughs> car, it would have been nice. You know, <laughs> been a lot better. Um, but you know, it, in that situation, so those guys have had run-ins quite a bit in the past. As yes. you said, um, in particular on the Cup side, right? And and it's, I think it was last year. It seemed like every time you looked up, the 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 eighteen car was getting into the five car on the Cup side mm -hmm. at one point or another. You know, I think that's one that has just built to a level where Casey finally said, okay, you you know, you're door slamming me for no reason right now down the straightaways, um, side drafting, whatever you want to call it, door slamming. Again, I, I didn't see it, unfortunately. I was had my hands full and, there and was, was, yeah, was there a was little contact. busy at the time. But, you know, I think in that particular situation, Casey just said, I got to do something about this because it's really getting on my nerves. Um you know, I would I would sooner think that it that he probably would have had to get on his nerves last year a little bit quicker. I know. The problem last year was was Casey had to focus on trying to win a race to make sure he got into the chase. chase. So I think in any any situation where he would have said, Hey, I can take care of this now, um, he was he was trying everything he could to either salvage a finish or, you know, get as many points as he could and, and he had a battle on his hands, which makes it a little more difficult. Uh, the other night, you know, neither one of those guys really they're they're there to win and that's all they're there to do. And uh, you know they don't have to think about points. They don't have to think about anything else other than than the win. And uh, you know I guess he handled it how he he saw fit. It needed to be handled. And you speaking have of which he became a dad this week too. He did. I, yes. I got a question yeah. for you on that actually. Since you well then we'll, we'll move on after we touch on this. Since you became a dad recently, um, everyone gave you advice. Remember back all the drivers were giving you advice. Now since you're in the shoes on the other foot and Casey's a new dad, what advice would you give new dad Casey Kane? I would say patience. Patience? Patience. That's the biggest one. You know, it's. You uh, actually have that? I don't think that's part of your. I have it at home. Okay. I don't have it outside <laughs> of the house. I, I, I leave my patience at the house. Actually, Megan will argue that I don't have it even there. But, uh, you know, th there's uh, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. And, and you're going to wonder why one day's good, why one day's bad, why he sleeps one night, why he doesn't the <laughs> next night. Patience it doesn't make sense. Patience and cover cover up that thing when you take the diaper off because it, uh, it it's like a fire hose. You don't know which way it's going to spray. <laughs> I remember Regan would come in a few weeks or oh actually gosh. a few months ago, <laughs> and you'd have a different diaper story every day. I've had a lot of diaper stories. Uh, not a lot because I haven't changed an excessively large amount of diapers, but uh, but I've got a few good ones. It's, I'm glad that you have a wife that actually you know steps up and picks up a glove since you don't like to change diapers. I don't mind changing diapers. Who, no, no one likes changing diapers. She's better at. It. I have a bad gagging reflex. You know, <laughs> it, it becomes a problem when you're when you're changing the diaper and you use the diaper bin to throw up in all at the same time. That's not a good situation to put yourself in. Yeah, so. that, that's not good at all. But let's touch on the Edwards and, and Dale Jr. incident here, because I mean, did Dale talk about this on the download? This he did week? talk about it. And wh what were his thoughts? He said he wasn't going to retaliate against Carl. It's just something that they need to move. Everybody needed to move on from himself and the fans, and that um, they need to look more forward to getting a win in one of these next two races. So not really much um, 
just wasn't going to retaliate, wasn't going to say anything bad about Carl, and just needed to move on from it. So, Regan, I guess my question to you is from a driver's standpoint, at what at what point do you have a position on somebody else? What is there a certain unwritten rule of where your car has to be in proximity to the rear end of someone else's car? Well, here's the thing. If there's an unwritten rule, somebody's always going to push the rule to the edge, right? I mean, right. that's that's how that's how it always goes. True. Uh, we look back at the Keselowski Gordon incident last year at, at Texas and you know, you can make the argument, oh, there's an unwritten rule that you know that guy's coming down to get on the door of the guy in the inside and 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 why would you put yourself in that position if, if you're the two car. Uh, you can also make the argument of, of the 24 car of if you open up the middle lane, that's a lane for somebody to race in and that's a lane for somebody to go to. Uh, so that was kind of one that used to be a little bit of an unwritten rule. Now we've seen it happen a thousand times this year. Yep. You know, you, you protect the middle because you know somebody's going to go for it. Um, in the situation with, with, with Carl and, and Dale and Full disclosure, I have yet to see it. We've, we've tried to find the clip and can't find a good clip of it online where they show from, like, the start-finish line all the way into turn one. I've seen the clip where um, where it looks like they make contact as they land into turn one. Uh, that's a tough one. Turn one at Charlotte's a difficult position from the standpoint of the spotters don't have a great angle right there. They're looking directly at the back of the race cars. So if a guy ducks their nose out, you can't tell if they're actually in there or not. Okay. Makes it tough on them to begin with. So See, they're kind of playing a little bit of a guessing game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously TJ can touch on that better than I can, but, uh, but of their angles and stuff. But there's certain tracks that, uh, that that just happens based on where they put them on the roof. You know, they're racing hard. They're racing for every position. We don't know, you know, we don't know the, the 10 laps that led up to that. If, if Carl had tried that move 10 times and, and gotten the door slammed, there's, there's so many different elements to it. Now, in terms of if it was right or wrong, me, the way that I race, I would say I would not have done that at that stage in the race. Lap 70. Uh, lap 70. It's early. Lots to still go on in the race. That one position for that one lap, um, even as tough as it is to pass, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I would have put myself in that position because it very easily could have wrecked both of them. Yeah. You know, it, it could have it sent them both up into the fence and, and been an even bigger wreck than what it was. Um, naturally, it ruined the 88's day. You know, once he got into the once he got into the fence, and he has a cut tire and hits the oil, and it kind of just snowballed from there, as it normally does, and and as typically happens. But but to say the etiquette, I think usually you have to be at the quarter panel. I mean, if okay. if your bumper's in the quarter panel, if you go down half the straightaway with your bumper even six inches inside of their bumper, the spotter's going to call that. Yeah. The tough part at Charlotte is, is you get such a big run through the draft through the trial. By the time you get to turn one. The car that's back in, let's just call it in second, if, if you got the lead car in the second place car, that car that's in second can have such a huge run that if they want to dive bomb, you can do that a lot of times. And, you know, I even did that a couple times on, on Friday night, but unfortunately you got to either choose to jam the brakes and not clip that car or try to get them up arrow loose, do something like that. Um, from what I could tell, and, and again, it's not really clear, but it looks like they made contact with the bumpers and, at those speeds, you know, the 88's not going to save that. He's going to hit the fence, and uh, and that's what happened. You know, uh, the, here's the good thing. I mean, uh, Dale had some bad luck at Charlotte, but still two more opportunities to try to get into that next round uh, with this week at Kansas, and the next week is your yeah, neither Talladega one, race. Neither one of those tracks are bad tracks for him. You know, I, I think you look at Kansas, and of the two races, obviously, Talladega is going to be his best opportunity to, yeah. to go out and get a win just because that 88 car has been so quick on the speedways this year and, and has seemed to have another gear 
um, whatever they're doing, you know, nobody else has figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've had another gear, and and you know, I think his biggest challenge there is going to be, you know, the 48 car, and and really from his own teammates, but in particular the 48's the only one that's looked like he's even got something similar to what the what the 88's had. Uh, Kansas, you know, Kansas naturally you got to look at at the performance on the on the mile and a halfs. Um, and the Gibbs cars have been extremely strong on the mile and a half, so I think you're going to have to look at them, and, and you're going to have to beat them if you're, if you're going to win it for sure. Uh, but with that said, Hendrick looked like they found something at, at Chicago a few they weeks did. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely had some good speed there, and, and, you know, the 88 car was quick all week at Charlotte. I watched all the practice times. I watched all that stuff, and, you know, he appeared to have one of his better mile-and-a-half cars that, that I've seen, and, uh, you know, I know that's probably part of their frustration is, uh, you know, we had, we had a good car and, and got nothing to show for it. Nothing more frustrating than that. There is not, no. Anyway, but that's going to take us to Kansas. It was a good segue you just had there. Uh, so we're heading to Kansas as well. You're in the Tax Slayer Chevy this week. I mean, I'm, I got the throttle of this ship, and I'm steering I, it. I know. I'm kind of impressed he came, got his game face on today. <laughs> and we got Harvick back in the uh, the Armor Chevy this week, Armor Chili Chevrolet. So Harvick almost won this race last year for us, actually. Uh, led a race high 47 last, but Kyle Busch ended up getting the, the victory there. Um, but this is we got a stretch of mile and a half coming up. But this is one of the tracks we haven't been to yet this year. Mm-hmm. We only go to Kansas once. The Cup guys go to Kansas twice. Um, so take us through a lap at Kansas. What I guess my question would be: It's a mile and a half. To, it's a you know a trial. So we've had a lot of those. What makes Kansas different than say a Chicago? Well, th- other than the back straightaway being straight, almost nothing, you know, in appearance-wise. It, it's scary. Those two tracks were built, I think, the same year and, and by the same company. And, and when you pull in to Kansas, you have a hard time deciding if you're at Kansas or Chicago. Chicago. The garage areas are the same. The motorhome lots are the same. The grandstands look very similar. I mean, it's it's scary how close they are. The difference is you don't have the curve back straightaway. The other difference is, is Kansas has been repaved. So Kansas has got a newer asphalt surface to it. It has started weathering finally, and, and we've seen the top groups starting to come back mm-hmm. into play there. Uh, the good part for the Xfinity race, and for the cup race for that matter, is it's their day races this time. The night races, they're single groove, everybody on the bottom because the bottom's the quickest. Very uh, challenging. Maybe on you know, 40, 50 lap tires, it starts moving up just a little bit, but uh, it, you know, it takes a while for that to come in. Um, outside of that, you know, it's, it's so smooth that you really have to have your car aerodynamically good and sound. Uh, and, and that plays a big key in, in how things go. Uh, from our standpoint, last year was a difficult race for us there. I think oh we, yeah. had a, uh, we had a, a, a struggle in practice. Really, as a company, none of us had speed in practice. We we couldn't really hit on it, which was odd because the prior year, um, you know, I know the seven car was as good a car as I've ever had. I mean, I've got two or three cars in my career that I can say, wow. Should have won the that race. Was, yeah, either, yes, we won or should have won, or, or this car was just that good. Um, that was one of them, you know, and, and we got off on pit strategy a little bit and cost ourselves an opportunity to win, but uh, but certainly didn't expect the struggles that we had there last year. Um, and, you know, I think that's been one of the things the guys have worked hard on this week is, is to find out, okay, what do we what do we do to go back there and have that speed that we had two years ago, and where did we lose that speed? What was the, you know, what was different? What were the changes? And um, Harvick was, was able to, to qualify good and, and stayed up front most of the race there. Uh, but you know the nine and the nine and the seven had their struggles all race long. Um, speaking purely from my side, we kind of created our struggles in qualifying when uh, we went out and got loose and hit the wall. And uh, I'd forgotten all about that. I guess I came on the radio after uh, after the wreck and and said uh, still loose, <laughs> which was pretty evident yeah. at that point. So um, one of the guys reminded me of that when I got to the shop today here about that comment last year. So uh, I didn't want to bring that up. 
You see, he brought it up first name, not me. Yeah. I don't, now I you can go get, for it. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I will say that's probably as PR reps, we don't get. I know Regan's going to say you're talking about yourself. We don't get stressed that often, okay? But when we were going through tech, and they were doing the national anthem, that was stressful. It was yeah. very stressful. Oh, I remember standing there, and I'm like, "Ooh, I hope we get out there in time for the start of this you, race." And and it, you know, you actually climbed in the car in the garage area as I soon did. as we got out of tech. You got in the car, and the guys pushed you out. And pulled, we, pulled it out onto the racetrack really? directly. The cars were already rolling yeah. when we pushed out. We it were was, pushing out when the cars were rolling. It was pretty tight. And, you know, the great part of that was we had to go through the line, like, twice. Yes. NASCAR found some stuff they yeah. didn't like. Back we're like, guys, we're in a backup car. <laughs> like, we just scrambled to put this thing together. I know that you got to make sure everybody's fair and everybody's equal, but, yeah. you know, a thousandth of an inch on that fender is not going to make or break our day at this point. We're kind of having a bad day already. So, uh you never want that to happen, and you know. And in hindsight, obviously, maybe you give up a little bit in qualifying, and and uh, you know, and live to fight another day, fight another battle. But we were uh, we were trying to make it to the final round, and uh, right. knew that we had to pick up some speed, and uh, pick the speed up until the exit of turn two, and then we lost all the speed yeah. rapidly. Yeah, we had a lot of speed there until you, <laughs> you got out that yeah, car. Yeah, <laughs> then it was it, it didn't go so well after that. So. Uh, We'll look to not do that this weekend. We'll look to keep ourselves in the fight and, uh, you know, maybe uh, let other guys make those mistakes this time. We've got a lot of good stats here. I'm not going to go over them. I'm just saying the odds are looking good for you statistically. Well, that's good. Stats don't mean nothing to no, me. No, so. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> it could be worse. We could have a horrible average finish at mile and a half, and we don't. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we've had it's a good year a on the mile and a half. for you guys Yeah, we've had a good year on the mile and a half. That's the frustrating part is last year our strong suits – the speedways and a couple other places have been the exact opposite <laughs> this year. It's like we've yeah. flip flopped completely. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, w with that said, I've been I've been proud of this team. I mean, this team this year has been pretty well spot on everywhere we've gone. And and you know, we can highlight a few things and say, well, we could do better here, we could do better there. But on on the whole, you know, when you look at the the time event at Junior Motorsports, this has definitely been the most consistent, strong year that we've had. And uh, we'll look to carry that on at Kansas. Yeah, and your team's pretty much stayed intact from last year, um, just with the addition of Jason. So, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously very good team atmosphere over there in the seven car. So, this Saturday, October 17th, NBCSN, 4 o'clock Eastern time, is going to be our race at Kansas. And MRN and Sirius has the broadcast at 4 o'clock also. So, definitely want to check that out. And, Regan, speaking of being in the Tax Slayer car, we got your bowl pick'em record with the Tax Slayer bowl pick'em How contest. How am I doing on that? I haven't even looked at my record. 32 and 18. That's not very good. No, we actually were complimentary. I thought that was actually not bad. I mean, I think there's it's been like a lot of upsets this, this year. This is too. our college football. I think guy. it's like ten games a week you'll pick, and uh, you have, every week it's like a seven, eight win week. You had a one, four, and six, but like everything else has been seven or eight wins. It, I'll say this: I don't follow college football very no. closely at all, and and I'm I've been purely picking just on teams that you know were probably good in the mid 90s to early <laughs> yeah. 2000s yeah, what you remember when I, yeah when yeah. i followed it closer yeah. when i was in high school and stuff like that so i've been like if i see you know i might see nebraska versus tcu and pick nebraska cuz i don't know any better and they used to be a powerhouse they well, were pretty awesome the yeah. reality is is tcu is going to win that game every time right now it, you know i think actually you've done pretty decent yeah, we were impressed. Yeah. We, I told him to pull the I'm record. Not gonna, I'm not going to be the stats guy this yeah. time, so don't get me wrong. I, I, I didn't do Dale's record. So I, I don't know last if year, I do think last year I did even better. I think I was a little bit better last year at it. We wanted to kind of make fun of you, but your record's too good, so yeah. we're going to pat you on the back. Thir thir 32 and 18. Do we have to write that as a negative so one on the being mean? Yes, scale? now it's even. <laughs> Negative one. Yeah, we, we don't have compliments yeah. in this studio. There's no such yeah, thing as compliments. Stop that. Yeah. Just stop that crap. Awkward. <laughs> okay, anyway, 
So that takes us to anytime we have a compliment, it's followed up with like a backhand or something like that. There's going to be yeah. something that follows it here very rapidly. Uh, so this, I've got two questions for Stump first name this week. One oh. is racing related, the other is not. Oh, okay. Which would you like to start with? Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Okay. This Do you want to end on a high spot <laughs> and actually get it right, <laughs> right and feel good about yourself or not? Because uh, if that's the case, we'll ask you the racing first and the other second or vice versa. Um, I don't know. I might get both wrong. Who knows? I might get both right. One's a USC question. Yeah, I don't think they'll get it wrong. Oh, yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. First will be your junior motorsports question. Okay. So here we go with Stump first name. All right, junior motorsports made its first start in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2005. Yes. What track? Homestead. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it was. I Bonus points that. if you can name what driver it was. Ooh, it was a Navy car, right? Yeah. I yeah. can name the driver. I can't name the driver. All right, help out, Regan. Shane Huffman. No. Oh. McFarlane. I thought it was Huffman. McFarlane. Ah, I forgot that McFarlane had time yeah. here before Huffman. It would have been cool to have been around to see that. Okay, here, you ready for your sports yeah. question? Uh, Steve Spurrier, obviously, in the news yeah, this yeah. week. How did how, you deal with that this I'm, week? I'm going to use my hot laps on it. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. All right, what year was Spurrier introduced as head coach? Ooh, okay, let's see. And follow up, what numbered head coach was he in the school's history? Ooh. If he gets this wrong, tough. he should have to burn all of his all of his game time gear. No, let's see. Um, what year was he introduced? So it's 2015. He was introduced in 2004. Okay. And then number correct, correct. And then let's see. Coach was um, Spurrier, Lou Holtz, Brad Scott. <laughs> um, he go. was all the, way through. the sixth coach in history. Wrong. What? 32nd. Oh, God, we've had a lot of coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I had hey. no idea. <laughs> I don't think you were going to get that <laughs> no. one. I can do that like was a tough one. I that think it's been tough. like six since like the 70s, maybe. So, what 80? grade would you give him on some first name this week? I give him uh, 85. 85? Yeah. He only got one part of it right. But so those like were some tough questions. I, I mean, one of them was a pretty so you're, so you're much giving a him soft. Pitched. You're giving him a 50 is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. No right. compliments. I'll give, no, I'll give him a 60. Okay. I'll give him a 60 is purely a based D? on. That's passing that's in college. Yeah, that's, that's a D. It depends on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere's got different grade scales. Yeah. So we'll give you a D minus. Sounds good. I'll take that. Very good. On to next week. If it wouldn't have been a Gamecocks question he got wrong, yeah. I'd have given him a B. That's tough, though. I thought for a second there he started naming the coaches. I'm like, he's going to go through every coach in, like, the school's history. I'm pretty sure there's Listen, six it wasn't since, like, that tough. You're, you're probably also the same guy who gives out participation ribbons. Please, oh, don't get me started on participation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you had to do when I was a kid to get a ribbon or a trophy? You actually had to do something. You had to win. Yeah. There my, you go. My room at my house is filled with trophies just because. Participation That's trophies? all they ever gave. That's like every – I lived in the era where they gave everyone to every kid that What's was in the, the league. Meet the, meet the Fockers or meet yeah. the family or whatever yeah. where he goes into, the, into his Stiller. room. And, yeah, yeah he's, he's got, got all the uh, got like all the ribbons for like <laughs> last place, 10th <tenth laughs> yeah. place. Those are the most proud ones. Is that kind of like your room first name? Uh, n- k- kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, hang on. Are, does your mom still have everything set up in your room at home like it was oh when yeah. you were a kid? Oh yeah. So when you go home to your parents' house, it's just like. Well, basketball, we have. I was luckily on good teams growing up, but football, I think, I we lost. My teams lost like their first five years with winning a football game. I think we went like 0 and 26. Well, at least I was on like know. the worst Pop Warner teams of all time. Well, <laughs> hang on, I got something for Regan here because he'll appreciate this. We did the Junior Motorsports Flag Football Bowl the other day. Mm. Guess who has a uh, a tape of playing football? First name. Someone in this room has a. Uh, I guess you call it what a tryout tape. Uh, it's like a hey, come see if I'm good enough to play your school tape. What position do you play? Wide receiver and corner. 
There you go. So I first was impressed, name though. Sneaky, I was first like name Sneaky Fast. Nobody knew it, but he's probably pretty quick out there. Hey, you scored a couple touchdowns in the game. I did, but Danny Jr. kind of owned our team. So. Danny, Danny Jr. is a very good athlete. Yeah. I, I mean, I've not seen anything athletic that he's not good at. The Which Heath team got up 21 nothing on us. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. we got it. And we you know what? It ended up being a one-score game. You guys were talking still. so much trash, and we jumped out to that early lead. Yeah. And you guys, I was like, you I was guys like, shut I was up. Like, they oh, shut crash. up really fast. I was like, oh, God, this is bad. All I'm hearing right now, and I wasn't aware that this football game happened, but all I'm hearing right now is that there was a huge missed opportunity for JRM 360 to have Heath get hit in football pads. He's talked about it. He it said he's going to do it. Oh, I forgot you can put that. pads on and get hit still. Yeah, well, there was some hitting. There, there was. There was. I think there was some talk of playing tackle next time, but that, I don't know if that would go over very well. Yeah, yeah the HR might not appreciate yeah. that. Stacy would not yeah. be happy about that. Well, we call it, it was dubbed the Mud Bowl because we had just gotten two weeks of rain here in Charlotte. So we went and decided to play football like the day after it stopped raining. So needless to say, it was a little sloppy. So the simple fact nobody got hurt is probably you a good thing. You're yeah. just upset you could. Hey, we need a timekeeper next time. Maybe you can come and do that for us. That'd be perfect. Since we know you're not very athletic. I would <laughs> cheat the time, too. <laughs> well, we Listen, need I'm not very athletic, but when I get angry, yeah. I also don't feel pain. So th that can go <laughs> one of two ways. <laughs> we also need someone to spot the ball because people kept moving the ball first yeah. game. No, it wasn't me. Someone on your team was? Yeah, someone on my team was. But anyways, let's stay back on topic here. We've got our hat laps coming up. Yes. All right, so Regan, what voice do we want first name to do this week? I think we need first name to be a basketball announcer introducing his players. What do you think about that? I like it. I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah, so if you're at the if you're at a basketball arena watching NBA and NCAA, whatever it is, you know, like, and now you're starting point guard. And now it's time for K1 Speed. Here is your starting lineup at 5'10", 160 from Cato, New York, Regan Smith. 5'10", damn, that's generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I grew up overnight. Sweet. <laughs> and that guard. spinach I had for dinner. <laughs> and that guard. 5'9". 159. 5'9". Try 5'4". 5'9". 150. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Heath, the Machine White. Oh, why does he get a cool nickname? This hurt. is K1 Speed. <laughs> this is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center. With 27 locations nationwide, there is bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today to find a location near you. That was uh, interesting. Although I'm not from Philly. Yeah, I know. Sorry. But okay. <laughs> we'll go with it. It makes you sound meaner. I, I improvised. Good job, first name. I couldn't, I couldn't remember where you're, you're from. You're from Philly, and you like the Packers. What the hell? I'm not from Philly, hey. and I hate the Eagles, by the way. All right. All right, I've gotten a lot of questions this year about if the Xfinity Series should have a chase format or not going forward. There was a lot of talk about it last offseason, about possibly it would happen, and Xfinity wants something new. I'm sure there's going to be the same talk about it this offseason. There's a double-edged sword there. It's difficult because of the number of cars that run for the championship in the Xfinity to make that happen. At the same time, I think it would definitely benefit our series to have a little bit closer points battle coming down to the wire right here. You have one mistake throughout the course of the year, and it can take you out for the whole year. And so my beloved Gamecocks lost their head coach this week when Steve Spurrier announced late Monday night, or I guess Sports Illustrated announced it for him, that he was going to retire effective immediately. Um, I'm kind of... I, I hate saying this, but I hate when people are sh how people are sugarcoating this. Uh, he didn't resign. He didn't retire. He quit. And that's that's what it is. And I know that's probably not good for a Gamecock to say because it's not very representative of my school. But I'd just be honest. He quit on the team midway through the season. 
Uh, I got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, most notably, though, I want to talk about this Atlanta Speedway ticket policy, this new deal. Have you seen this, Regan? Anyway, I, Regan can't talk. So basically, the track said that on Tuesday, if, if the high temperature next year is not 50 degrees or more, the race fan can skip the race and then basically get a ticket to the next year's race. So I'm kind of interested why they did this. I know why. But, I mean, Atlanta notoriously has been difficult to get people to attend. So hopefully um, this is a creative way of to touch on what I was was discussing that I ran yeah, out of time on, the chase. It, I had a lot of questions about that, and, and I feel like I'm getting more and more from, from different fans about it throughout the, the course of the season. It, it's a tough situation because you've only got 10 to 15 cars that are really legitimately running for the points and are going to have a shot at the points. Probably 10 that could have a shot when the season starts even, right? right. So how do you say, how do you break that down and say we're going we're gonna to create a format? I've heard some formats that I think could work where you maybe have four cars that get to battle for it at the end of the season, mm -hmm. um, whether that's three weeks, whether that's two weeks, whatever it might be. I'm not necessarily in our in this series a fan of doing a one-race winner-takes-all type scenario purely because it's a little bit different format, how we race throughout the course of the year. I would be a fan of seeing maybe a four- or five-week playoff system to where cool. you know everybody's on an even slate or you get bonus points for wins during the season, something like that. Um, I think I'd be a fan of that purely because – what we've seen happen the past couple of years is one mistake, um, one wreck. You know, you, you say, okay, we'll go out and race hard every week, but if you race hard and get caught up in a wreck because you're battling for a win or because you're running up front or something like that, well, you pay a huge penalty. And, mm -hmm. and that penalty is very tough to overcome given the current point system, given the fact that guys, even when they have bad days, only finish 15th or 16th on the worst possible day. So, uh, yeah. I just I had some more questions this week. That's what brought it up you in my head. You can't just sit back and finish 10th, 11th, 12th. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, yeah. it, I know there's a lot of discussion about it right now because yep. of the current point situation we talked about earlier in the show, but uh, but definitely think it could benefit the series. Um, I think it could benefit the ratings a little bit uh, if that was the, the situation that was the case. I think it would be good for the partners on the cars that are racing for that uh, to get that added exposure and, and maybe give you know give the give the shows a reason to talk about those those guys again. And the chase has worked on the cup side. It, you know, when it first came out, everyone was was yeah. I mean, concerned. it's 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 changed. Yeah, but you, it's adapted you know. and it's worked. But to your point, I mean, how many car, how many cup cars are competitive on on a weekly basis? A lot more than we have. There's a lot more, and yeah. that's the difference. You got a lot more that run for the whole season. You got a lot more that have the same driver in them all year. Mm -hmm. We've got plenty of competitive cars. The problem is they have different drivers in them every week, so you don't have those guys that are running yeah. for the whole thing. And and you know, the next the next challenge would be okay if you got somebody part time. How do you how do you judge if, okay, well, he's part-time, but he signed up for points in this series. Do we, if he gets a win, do we bump him into this or do we not? There's a lot of different things you'd have to think scenarios. about. Yeah, a lot of scenarios, but uh, but I guess, you know, there, there could be something formulated, I think, that would work. Uh, and as we've seen the Cup Series, I mean, last year, look, you know, it, it worked. It, it it's already working this year from the standpoint of you had a guy that had to win over to get to the next round. He went out and won over, got to the next round. You know, a guy that everybody yeah. thought was going to be a big contender. You had a guy that... Everybody thought would be in it when it came down to Homestead. That's out of it after Dover because they had a parts malfunction. So forty-eight. It's yeah. yeah I mean, it's creating drama. It's going to continue to. I think now that you got you got the eighty-eight, you got the the um, twenty car, you got some pretty heavy hitters that had bad races at Charlotte. The eighteen. I mean, mm -hmm. there's three guys that everybody would have anticipated easily moving yeah. on. And now all of a sudden, they're all going to have to really be perfect. And and I don't even know that two top fives in a row for let's say a Kansas. I think his only option is going to be to win Kansas or Talladega. Uh, junior could probably still go out, get two top fives, and get himself into it. But it certainly, uh, it, it will create drama for these next two races, uh, definitely. And then you 
throw Talladega into the mix on that. Yikes. Wild card. Hey, Regan's a smart guy. Maybe you should come up with the chase format for the Xfinity Series. Maybe NASCAR should call you up. I I would gladly offer my uh, I would gladly offer my opinions on anything. I I offer my opinion whenever asked. Actually, you don't sometimes ask you don't. Sometimes you don't have to ask when we get your opinion. Sometimes you don't have to, <laughs> but but typically when it pertains to really important stuff, I'll give my opinion whenever somebody wants to ask me, and uh, you know I don't hold back in, in answering those questions. But uh, as for the Atlanta thing, yeah, that that's we talked about. It's kind of unique. Yeah, very interesting. Um, give them credit for trying something different. They're trying something different. They're trying whatever they can, uh, you know. And, and here's the tough thing: Atlanta is a great race in town. There's a lot of race fans in Atlanta, and I don't know if it's just there's so much going on in that city that it's a tough draw. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know what it is, because you watch a football game, right? Just as an example, and people will go sit in 30 below wind chill to watch football. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. We've seen it. They'll fill up stadiums. Green Bay, prime example. Oh yeah. Um, so. Part you of know the, the uh, whole weather, the whole aspect of the weather being the reason people don't don't come because it's cold. I don't necessarily buy that. I think this year, for example, we had cold and we had rain. Rain drives people away more than the cold does. And uh, and without being able to to predict exactly when it's going to stop and when you're going to get to watch the race and what time you're going to get home, we have no way of knowing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's difficult for, a, for you know from a fan standpoint is okay. Do we go out? Do we not go out? Are they going to get it in? Are yeah. they going to get it in? It starts raining. You're stuck in that rain and and you know, you really have no way to get away from it, and it's 30 degrees out. That's a tough sale no matter what you do. So it is. Uh, I hope it works for them. You know, we'll we'll see if it does or doesn't. And It'll uh, be interesting to see how it, how it all works out. But keep in mind, most race fans are driving a minimum of 100 miles to the race, too. So it's not like, you know, we can just go on the hauler and get out of the cold and the rain, and right. they don't have the same luxury. Um, but that's I think that's going to do it for this week. He's got we're his own little space heater on the hauler. He's like, he's like that uh, – he's like – you know, that person with the office cubicle has got the space heater underneath there. And no, I'm not that lucky. No. We do have some of those upstairs. It gets pretty chilly around here. I bet it does. I bet. It was it was cold in here last week. What else you got for us? Is that it? You want to take us out here? No, I'm good. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. And uh, I don't know what the schedule is going to be over the next few weeks. First name's going to figure that out for us. But we'll uh, we'll be back here uh, at some point for some more Chicken Motorsports Out Front. Presented by Dale's Pillow. Presented by Dale's Pillow. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.